Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Hey everybody, welcome to the MLB Extras Padres podcast, our first of 2019. Tim McMaster here along with AJ Casavell. AJ, happy new year. Happy new year, Tim. Thanks for having me on. All right, we got some stuff to get to as far as the Padres go. What's left to do here this offseason? We're also going to look ahead to 2020 because it's never too soon to look ahead another year as we embark on 2019. But I want to start with a New Year's resolution. AJ, if you were the San Diego Padres right now, getting ready to go, it's January 4th, 2019, what would your New Year's resolution for this year be? Get on base. They haven't done that for, it seems like, the entire decade. They, uh, they've <laughs> last place in the major leagues in on-base percentage in each of the last five seasons, and, and it doesn't seem like such a unrealistic resolution if you look at some of the guys that are coming up Fernando Tatis should be there maybe in in April or May uh Luis Urias has been excellent in the minors at reaching base he's close to 400 Eric Hosmer if he bounces back his his career OBP is a lot higher than it was last year so it's not an unrealistic goal and it's what the Padres offense needs to do more than anything else if they want to turn things around so we don't need to lose 25 pounds or anything like that just get on base no in fact in Matt Strom's case, he should be gaining 25 pounds. He's that was that was his goal, I think, uh, explicitly to to join the rotation. But that's another subject. Just get on base. The Padres need to need probably. I think they were 297 last year. That number needs to be around. It needs to jump to 310 this year, uh, and and potentially even higher in in the future if they're going to be contenders. They're uh, they have they have some power. They have some guys who can hit the ball out of the ballpark. Hunter Renfro is is a perfect example of a guy who who can slug, but his on-base percentage isn't good enough. And and he took some steps forward last year in terms of seeing the baseball, laying off pitches, working walks. And it had a, it had a positive impact on his, on his ability to slug and hit home runs because pitchers were forced into the strike zone. So uh, there's a few Padres specifically that, that I think fans would like to see that from uh, Renfro's one, Austin Hedges being another Francisco Mejia is, is certainly a guy who, who needs to, I mean, he, he'll hit, but he needs to kind of work work walks and, and get a bit more selective at the plate. And so uh, that is offensively, that's the Padres' biggest goal. I think it's I think it's the the most important thing that that maybe the most important number for the Padres in 2019 is is how how big of a jump they take in that department. About six weeks to go until spring training. Hard to believe. So let's talk about what's left to do. Uh, but I want to tie it into an article that you have out on Padres.com now, which isn't just about this year, but about how this team can make the moves 
to contend in 2020, and they can get started on that right now for sure. So one of those things that they need to do is find a frontline starter. Obviously, they may have some frontline starters coming up through the minor league system, but it's also nice to have that veteran presence as well. So what type of frontline starter, who's the guy, or who's a, who are a couple of guys that, that they could, if they wanted to get this done now instead of next offseason, who are they circling around? Well, they've been linked with a few guys, and, and guys like Marcus Stroman and Sonny Gray, they're guys that the Padres would like to have, but they're not necessarily that frontline option. I think when you look at the past six months, they've been they've been seriously involved in talks for Noah Syndergaard and Chris Archer, and kind of kind of the guy that can that that that's going to give you two hundred innings and and a chance to win every single time he pitches. Um, I don't know who that guy is. I don't know if that guy is going to become available this off season. But I know that the Padres are going to be involved, and that's because their, their their farm system is just so deep, and they have so many guys to deal from. And I think the goal is to contend in 2020. Uh, and they're probably as good as their as good as their young pitchers are. They're probably not going to do that unless they have a few guys who can sit atop that rotation, and 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 not place all the burden on guys like Logan Allen and Chris Paddock and Joey Lucchese, who I think can be very good major league pitchers. But I'm not sure they're they're ready to be a number one type guy. So I, I don't know exactly who the answer is. I think whoever whoever the next big name starting pitcher is that's available via trade, the Padres are probably going to be involved. The extent of their involvement, I don't know. But they're 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 looking for that guy. I don't know whether it happens this offseason or or midseason uh, at the trade deadline. I think that might be a more likely option. And then maybe this offseason they focus on on just kind of a kind of a upside innings eater kind of project type arm like Sonny Gray or Marcus Stroman. But I think uh, we'll, 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 we'll kind of see as the offseason shakes out what what kind of uh, arm they want. But that, that's a huge priority on the Padres' wish list because their rotation wasn't good enough last year. One thing they need for 2019 is a third baseman of some kind. So what's the, what, what's the best chance of, of filling that hole at this point? Yeah, they they want a long term solution at third base. The question is, do they get that this off season? And and is that really out there this off season? Aside from a Manny Machado, who I'm not I'm not sure the Padres are willing to meet that price. And so, if if you look past Machado, there's there's some maybe trade options. Uh, Eugenio Suarez with the Reds has been rumored, but I don't think I think it's probably likelier they go a stopgap kind of route. I don't know who it is. There's there's some. There's some shortstop kind of third base type options out there available. One, I mean, it's important to note that Fernando Tatis is kind of on the horizon right now, and so uh, they they could still use a, a shortstop, uh, a guy who can play shortstop in the interim while they're waiting for Tatis to get there. Um, a Danny Hedgeria just kind of comes to mind as a guy who could play short and third, and I think Ian Kinsler, who they signed uh, last month, once Tatis arrives. Kinsler's going to move from second base uh, into a utility role where he plays third base a decent chunk of the time. So uh, it's still it still hasn't been ruled out that Will Myers could play there too. I don't think that's very likely given how just kind of how poor he was defensively last season. But it's all on the table right now, especially with Christian Villanueva's departure for Japan. There's really no answer at third base, and and that's something that th- there's some question marks like what are the Padres going to do the rest of the offseason? That's an area that I'm I'm pretty confident they're going to address pitching wise. Uh, maybe shortstop wise, I, I I don't know that they're going to do anything else, but third base they're going to add somewhere. All right. So when you say they eventually want a long term solution, you look ahead to next off season, and there's one obvious guy that's going to be available. That's Nolan Arenado. Is that something? Do you do you think that they have sights on if they get to that point? If we get to next off season, they still need to fill that hole. Would they be in a position to spend big? 
Well, it's it's unlikely given kind of the okay. history of spending. But what I'll say is, if 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 they really kind of if if all the things come together next year and Tatis kind of breaks out in a big way and Urias is that top of the order on base threat and Eric Hosmer turns things around and and the rotation they find that frontline guy and the rotation kind of comes into place with some of these young guys coming up and if all they need is a third baseman and that's the the one piece that's kind of preventing them from maybe getting where they want to go which is postseason contention maybe they shell out some money maybe they're involved in those talks for Aaron Otto might be pricey Rendon's probably gonna be pricey too but uh, there, there's some other options too. There's options moving moving uh, Tatis to from shortstop to third base, and maybe you get one of the free agent shortstops. Um, I imagine if that's the case, and and all they need is a, is a third baseman, the Padres will be involved. We'll see what the extent of that involvement is. All right, you mentioned that maybe there aren't a lot of other moves that need to be done as far as additions this off season, but there are still some things to figure out. One of them is Will Myers, right? I mean. If you don't trade Will Myers, he's got to play somewhere. So how do they figure this out? Yeah, they've been saying they're going to figure it out this offseason at some point, and we haven't gotten an answer yet. I imagine that you probably have an idea at this point where he's going to be. Um, it could very well be traded. I mean, he's of all the outfield options, I say he's the likeliest to be dealt. Um, but if he's, if he's still in San Diego, I, I have a hard time envisioning him as the everyday third baseman. But I also think it's possible that they decide, hey, Will, we're going to, we're going to, we're confident enough in you in left field because he showed what he's capable of in left field. Uh, if, if what they ultimately decide on is Will Myers shifts between third base and outfield and gives them better uh, platoon options elsewhere, maybe Franchi Cordero, maybe it allows Franchi Cordero to play uh, a little bit more as a lefty against, uh, as a lefty against righties. Um, I'm not entirely sure how it's going to shake out, but Myers could be a versatile option between third and the outfield. But just having seen what he did at third base last year, it's, it's hard to envision him as, as a everyday guy or even a regular guy at third. Trading makes sense. And you, and you mentioned the outfield with Myers, and then you'd have, you could have Jankowski, Margot, Cordero, Hunter Renfro, Fremil Reyes. There's so many outfielders. Um, how, does, how does center field, though, specifically shake out? When you look ahead to the future, I think when they traded for him, the the mindset was Manuel Margot is going to be our center fielder of the future. He's going to be the guy that is here when this team turns the corner and is successful. 2017 certainly looked like that. 2018, less so. How confident are they that he's still the guy going forward? Uh, they're confident. I think they might be a little less confident than they were after 2017. I think this is probably one of the more underrated storylines uh, around the Padres right now is that uh, Margot's struggles kind of might ultimately force the Padres' hand because their offense has been it, – it's been bad for the last couple seasons, and Franchi Cordero is a very good offensive option. And uh, he's got the speed. He's kind of got the tools to play center field. He hasn't pieced it together. He doesn't have that – that those instincts that Margot has. He's not a – Margot's an elite defender, but he's, he's not the offensive presence that Cordero could be. And so I think if Margot struggles offensively, they're going to look to get Cordero some time in center. They're going to look to get Cordero time regardless because he's he's really the only the lefty the only lefty hitting power threat among that outfield, and so they face right-handers more often. He's going to play. He's going to play a good amount. The question is where. And if Margot's struggling, uh, I think Cordero could take some at bats from him. That being said, uh, everyone I've talked to is still pretty confident in Margot. Confident in in kind of what he does. He's not going to be the power threat that Cordero is, but. He shouldn't strike out as much, and he's he's a line drive kind of gap to gap guy, and he's got plenty of speed. So if he can kind of blossom into that potential, both on the bases and at the plate, 
the the goal is for him to be the center fielder and to have Cordero as an option at the corners and also spelling Margot when when that needs to happen. Um, but I think for the future of the club, they really only need one of them to pan out. They need either Margot to piece it together offensively or Cordero to kind of piece it all together. Uh, and if they get that, they have their kind of center field option of the future. All right, one more thing from your how to contend in 2020 story, and that is the big move they made last offseason was to bring in Eric Hosmer. He was supposed to be that leadership guy, which he was in the clubhouse, but not so much on the field. A 1.4 war in 2018 after he posted a 4.1 in 2017, his last year with the Royals. So what has to happen? How do you get Eric Hosmer back to being the guy that he was and that you thought you were signing last year? Yeah, Hosmer is such an interesting uh, guy. If you look at his career, I was I was just kind of breaking down his odd year numbers and his even year numbers. He's bounced back before his odd year. His odd year splits are 303, 360, 467 with a 12.7 war. Even years 255, 318, 398 with a 2.9 war. So like basically in odd years, he's an all-star. And in the even years, he's, he's not worth a win per season. Now, obviously we can't just say, well, it's cyclical. He's, he's going to turn it around next year. No, the, the problem with Hosmer last year was that he hit too many ground balls. He hit the ball hard and he hit it hard into the ground. And so I think there's some swing changes that he needs to make. Uh, the Padres don't feel as though it needs to be a massive kind of overhaul. He just needs to kind of tweak some things. But he's he's kind of come around to the idea that he needs to get the ball in the air more to to be successful. And that's that's it's so clearly what needs to happen. And and I think he's a guy that that will work hard to make to make it happen. So um, while I I don't know I don't know that that what he does next year was going to justify the massive contract they gave him. I think he's clearly a better player than what he was last season. And uh, some people in the organization have been pretty clear about, well, what's going to happen when he has a when he has a normal offseason? Because if you look at last year when he's being paraded around uh, as a free agent and didn't sign until the first day of spring training, I, I can't imagine that was easy on him. And so maybe maybe some of those changes take effect going into next season. The Padres really need him to need him to come through, given what they've invested in him. It would be interesting to see him because when he first came up as a prospect with the Royals, I think the thought was that he would grow into being a power hitter. That never happened. Part of it, maybe the ballpark he played in, although he still plays in a pitcher's ballpark. It'd be interesting if he mentally adjusted to maybe trying to be that guy and, and what what an, what a power hitting Eric Cosmer would look like. Yeah, and, and he's kind of shown glimpses of it throughout his career. He's kind of gone on yeah. these streaks where he can do it, but he's I mean, he's more of a doubles hitter, I think, than a power hitter. Than a power hitter. Um, but he's, he's got it in there because he hits the ball hard, and he, I mean, he struck out a little more last season than, than he did before, but he doesn't strike out a ton. So he, he generally makes pretty good contact with the ball aside from the fact that he's hitting it into the ground. So that needs to change. I think the Padres know that needs to change. I think Eric Hosmer knows that, that needs to change, and – uh, we'll see what adjustments he makes and if he comes into the 2019 season doing that. All right. We will wait and see for sure. That's going to do it for this podcast. You can follow AJ on Twitter at AJ Casavell. I'm there at MLB underscore McMaster. Find all of our MLB Extras Club podcast at MLB.com backslash podcast or on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Thanks to Marissa Morris, our producer, for putting it all together and fixing my mistakes. Thank you for tuning in. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.